Y'all can keep clapping. Y'all can keep praising now. Amen, because he's worthy, is he not? Amen. Amen. I promise every time they play that song, I'll be worried that I'm going to get messed up. Amen. Amen. How we do? How we doing this morning? Hey man, y'all feel? Hey, anybody else feel good? Hey man, I don't, I don't know if the heat's starting to kick in. Hey man, or, or or the spirit's starting to get stirred up. But I feel good in the house. Hey man, I just gotta be honest. I, I got enough stuff to make me feel bad. I gotta at least say when I feel good. Hey man, I feel good. I feel his presence in the house. And I'll tell you, I was sitting over here, y'all, and about through the. Halfway through the first song, I'm ready to get up. Amen. Because God's been talking to me through the whole service. Starting at the at the beginning, when we started praying, God been speaking to me during the whole service. Amen. So I'm gonna get to it, but let, but let me do this. Let me let me let me gather it in. Y'all ain't gotta gather it in. Let me gather it in. Amen. Uh, because I want to thank you guys for being in here today. Amen. I want to thank you for your presence. I want to thank you for your obedience. I, I thank you for your obedience because I really feel that what God is going to bring to us today through his word is going to, is going to like bless the house. Like, 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 like everybody is, is for them. I want to start with that. Amen. So, so I, I give honor to God, amen, uh, for, for my being here. Uh, one day somebody will sit down and they can hear the whole, the whole story of how, how I got to work to this place. Amen. But I thank God for being here. I will leave it at that. Amen. I, I thank God for our past, our first lady in their absence. Amen. I know they probably praying right now. <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably the, the secret ingredient that we're not seeing. They probably just tarrying, praying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Amen. So we thank God. We honor God for them in their, in their absence. And, and, and I thank God for him, for, 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 for Pastor trusting me to be come up here. Amen. Um, any other the family and the friends in the house, amen. We got visitors. We we got ministers of the gospels in the house, amen. I recognize you. We thank you for the work that you do, amen. So I thank you for it. Uh, but before I get into it, I just want it's a couple of things. And I wanted to say it during intercessory prayer. And y'all, I've been getting over a cold, so I may sip now and then, but it ain't nerve. I just want to keep my throat clear, amen. And we'll get we'll get through prayer. And this little coin over here, I, listen, crunk. I got, I, I feel good. I said, oh, I'm going to be all right today. I got a hallelujah coin in over here up in the house. Amen. They were crunk. But I want to say this, and I, I say it every time, and I, I'm, I'm intentional about it because I don't profess. I'm not professing to be a prophet. None, none of that kind of, kind of stuff. But when God, like God, you know, communicates to people different ways. Some people song. Some people, they, they write and God speaks to them. I'm visual, right? So I see, you know, it's imagery, like un, my understanding. And I just saw, like in the spirit, like this corner, y'all, y'all should have been here. Listen, the stirring of the pot, right? And if you ever made like a good stew, all the good stuff settled to the bottom, and you gotta stir the pot up, but you can't stir it over like a teaspoon, right? You can't stir it over. You need one of them good old wooden spoons, like one of them good wooden spoons to stir it up. And while I was kind of like. Like getting that, I would just think to myself, like the wooden spoon, it don't, it don't always be uh, uh, the most pristine, right? It may, it may have some some cracks in it, right? It may have some cracks in it. It, 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 it may be a little warped, amen, in the way that, because it's been used. But it's the most effective spoon you can use to stir that up. 
And I just, I just felt like you guys, while y'all was praising and, 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 and praying, it was just like walls in the spirit being broken down. Before y'all got here, they was busting some walls down. Y'all was busting some walls down. Amen. And so I, 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 I encourage you, amen. I think it's, it's, it's uh, 2 Timothy, it talks about fanning the flames of your faith. Keep, y'all keep fanning over there, amen. Y'all keep fanning. You don't, don't amen for me. Amen some stuff in the spirit that these saints over here know how to deal with. Amen. So I wanted to say that. And then I also, and I don't, you know, I wanted to thank Sister Felicia for yesterday, y'all. If y'all, if you missed, if you missed that morning call, you, you, you missed something. Amen. And I don't know if it was just for like a couple of people, but like that was with me. Like I came up here and was working on my, on my message and you was on my heart. Like, I had to but you was on my heart the, like the whole time. Right? Like, I'll come up here and I kind of go through it and, like, you know, kind of read it out loud to kind of make sure I, you know, what I'm saying I don't miss any words. So I read it out loud and I say, Amen, Sister Felicia. Like, I just, I said it, Amen, like in my rehearsal, I called out Sister Felicia while I was up here. Right? Because it, it just your story that, that, I've, that I've, you know, had opportunity to, to, to share and, and hear. In your heart, in spite of it, and so I don't know why, but you was you was on my heart yesterday while I was preparing this. This message is for everybody, but if something kind of pricks your spirit a little, know that God is saying, "Yep, that's me." I was bothering Him to bother you today. God bothered me yesterday. He 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 reminded me yesterday of you, so that you will know that He remembers you today. Amen. Amen. So I thank God for us being in the house, and I'm ready to get to the Word. Amen. I'm ready to get to it. I, I come for a good time, not a long time. Amen. So we're not going to belabor the time. I know some of y'all probably got some football games y'all trying to watch, some, uh, some, 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 some teams that's going to lose tonight. Amen. And so we want to get into the word. So let's do this. If you got your Bibles, we're going to be going to Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 8. And we'll be going through verses 23 to 27. If you don't have it, I think we'll have some scriptures on the screen as we go along. But Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. And those who know me know <clears throat> I love passages more than scripture, like just individual scripture. Because you need context, right? I, I, I don't, I don't want to hear a whole message of what you think. And all I got was one, you know, Jesus wept and then you go on and on for an hour. No, I, I like to really know what God's word says, but not just what it says, but what it means. Amen. Because this is God's, like his love letter to us. Amen. Like the, the, the tenets of the faith, the, how we form and fashion our faith, it comes from his word. Amen. So my heart, my desire is always to be grounded in his word more than anything else. Amen. Amen. That, uh, so that, uh, Matthew 8, 23 through 27. <clears throat> I think this may be the NIV version. I can't recall. It says this, then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake. So the waves, they swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. Come on. The disciples, they went down and they woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up, Jesus did, he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. 
the men were amazed and they asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves, they obey him. Amen. Amen. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for what you've already done. We thank you that, God, the people that are here this morning, it was intentional that they were going to be here. You destined and desired that they will be here to hear this message, to hear your word, to be reminded, Lord God, to be encouraged, to be infused with hope again. So, God, I pray right now, I pray that I decrease. Take any of me out of this, God, so all they hear is you. So, God, I submit this time to you. We submit this time to you. We allow your spirit to move in any way that it sees fit. God, speak to your people right now, right where they are. God, we thank you and we honor you as we pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let me give you a, a, a little bit of a, a, a timeline for chapter 8 because we're in, chapter, we're in verses number 23 to, through 27, but some stuff happened before we got to 23 through 27. So in verses 1 through 4, and kind of keep reminding, I'm not saying it's just for, to, for get filler. There's a point behind this. So in verses 1 through 4, Jesus heals a leper, right? Verses 5 through 13, he heals a centurion servant. This is just like a, a military officer. He heals his servant. And then 14 through 17, he goes to Peter's mother-in-law house and he heals her. Bible said he casts out some spirits. He does some more healing. So he's going through this process. He's doing all of this healing in the land. And so more crowd begin to come and surround Jesus. And so Jesus and his disciples, they prepare to cross over the Sea of Galilee. Okay? So Jesus, get this, he was traveling from a place where he had performed many miracles. Right? Healed the leper, healed the servant, healed the mother-in-law. He was traveling from a place where he did a bunch of healing. Right? And he was traveling to a place where he was going to cast out a demon out of two men. You guys are familiar with the scripture. He cast the demon out. They, the, de the demons run into a, a, a herd of pigs. The pigs run into the water, drown them. So that's where he's headed. He's here. Just, he's getting to this point. And in the midst of his journey, they load up on a boat. In the middle of that journey, in between that process, him and his disciples, they encounter a storm. Right? And this account right here, y'all, it, it illustrates when you're going from a place of healing he was healing. When you go from a place of healing to a place of deliverance, there's going to be a storm in the middle. He was healing over here, but he went out. He was, he was headed to a place where he was delivering this man from this demon possession. When you're making that transition from healing to deliverance, you're going to encounter some storms. Amen? And see, this is how I want you to see it. Because when you read the Bible, you want to read what it says, but you also want to read and interpret what it means. Right? And so, as I was preparing this, I saw that boat as my life. Right? That boat that they were traveling on, that ship that they were on, that's my life. And that boat was going from a place of healing, from a place of faith, from a place of miracles being displayed, to a place of deliverance and freedom. Amen? And here's the, here's the difference. So, I'll give you some nuance. Healing is... If you have a disease and uh, it goes into remission, right? Scan says we don't see it. It looks like it's going into remission. That's being healed. But even something that goes into remission can do what? It can come back. But when you are delivered, 
it's, gone, it's taken out of you. Amen. And so God is taking some of us from a place where he's healed us. He's shown some miracles. He's taken some stuff off of us. And he's trying to take us to a place where he's taking some stuff out of us. And in the middle of that, well, guess what happens? A storm. So that's your life. Your life is that boat. And in the middle of that journey, you encounter that storm. And what are the storms? The troubles of life. Right? Life. That's, that's what your storms are. And so I want to ask you a question about when you encounter a storm. And the, and the question is going to be the title of this message if I were to give it a title. And my question for you is this. Is your Savior on your ship? Is your Savior on your ship? Because you have to know the answer to that question. You got to know the answer to it because here's the thing. Everything in your life could be going smooth, right? And when you think that you're traveling from that place of healing and, and I see God moving, but I also see that it's, there's greater, amen? Life is going to send storms, period. Life is going to send storms. And the things about, thing about storms is this. Like you can, back then they didn't have Doppler radar, right? They didn't have none of the technology. But you can, even in that primitive time, you can predict a storm sometimes, right? So, so some of the older folks and myself, we get into the point where, where you can smell, it smells like it's going to rain, right? <laughs> My knees, it must be a storm headed, right? You can predict a storm coming, but you can't predict how intense the storm is going to be when it gets there. You can't predict the intensity of the storm when it gets there. It's like, I knew raising kids was going to be hard. I didn't know it was going to be this hard, right? Like, like I, I knew I was going to have to worry about uh, little nasty boy or girl at, at, at their school. I ain't know I was going to have to worry about the nasty man on their phone or on Roblox or on YouTube. It, I didn't expect it to be this hard. I knew it would be a storm attached. I didn't know it was going to be this intense. Okay. I didn't know I was going to have to watch and monitor the commercials that they watch, yeah, the commercials on radio, TV, ads on their tablet. I wasn't expecting the storm to be this intense just to raise some babies, yeah. right? I, I knew marriage was going to be difficult. There was going to be some sacrifice, compromise. Sometimes you got to say I'm wrong when you write, whatever the case may be. I was <laughs> don't do that, y'all. Don't do it. I wasn't expecting it to have this much sacrifice, this many nights where you just frustrated and don't know. And I ain't talking about me and my baby because she just walked out. I got to correct that because we good. Just for the point of the purpose of this message, amen. I would, but you can't. But you can't anticipate the, the the intensity of it, right? You can't. So getting back to the text, this boat. It carried 12 disciples. Now watch this. Four of the disciples that was on the boat were professional fishermen. Think about that. It, it, Andrew, Peter, James, John, they were professional fishermen and they were afraid of the storm. Right? And so here's the issue. They were afraid because what they didn't know is that Jesus could control the storm. Right? They didn't know. So I want to make this point. You take, if you're a note taker, you're going to get some notes from me today because I, I think it's going to be beneficial. Jesus doesn't just see the storm. He controls the storm. He controls the storm. What does that mean? He's able to do like, like, like what God did for Joseph in Genesis 50 and 20. Amen. Where, where, where Joseph, it was encountering his brothers and he was thinking back to all the things that they did to him. And Joseph was able to say, what you meant for bad, God used it for my good. 
you thought the storm was, was sent to destroy me. You don't know the storm fortified me. You thought it was going to tear me down. It made me harder to, to get down. Now it made me more resilient. Amen. And so the Bible says in 24, verse number 24, that suddenly a ferocious, a fierce storm came up on a lake. So the waves, they swept up on the boat, but Jesus was sweeping. 25, and the disciples, they went down. They woke Jesus up and said, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And he replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up. He rebuked the winds, he rebuked the waves, and it was completely calm. I love how some translations say that when he rebuked the winds and the waves, that the, the water got so calm that it looked like a mirror. So you got perfect, you go from a storm, you, I'm talking to us, that's like we're the boat. You go from a storm where the winds and the water are crashing on the boat to where the water looks like a mirror. That's God, amen? amen. And so when Jesus came up on the boat, he did two things that I found to be interesting. First, and it's, you have to really dig into the text to, to see it, look, you know, to see what the text is saying, not just what it says. First thing he does, he rebukes the disciples. He rebukes the disciples. And then the second thing he does is then he rebukes the storm. So if, if y'all know me, you know, when I, when, I was, when I was reading this, the word rebuke jumped up at me. And y'all, I always kind of mention how I like to get definition. I like to dig into certain words that kind of pop out at me. So here's a definition for rebuke. Rebuke means to express a sharp disapproval or criticism of someone or something because of their behavior or actions. Or rebuke is a sharp disapproval, a sharp criticism of something. Now somebody catch this because I, I believe that the God is showing us something powerful right here in this verse. So listen to this. God wants to rebuke Everything that's in your life that doesn't align with where he's trying to take you. God, God was trying to get that boat to deliverance. A storm came. God was trying to get your boat to deliverance. A storm came. What did God do? He rebuked the disciples, and we'll get to that in a second, but then he rebuked that storm. Amen? Amen. You, you may be feeling like, like a bound. Some people feel judgment still, right? You're trying to get from healing to deliverance. You're feeling bound. You're feeling judgment. And Jesus says, I rebuke that. He says, I rebuke that because in Romans 8, I said that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. So if you feel judgment, you feel, you feel condemnation, you don't feel like you're worthy enough, guess what? God rebukes that feeling. And this is important for your spiritual walk. Because if you know and you have scripture to back it that God rebukes these things that you're feeling, you rebuke. In Jesus' name, I rebuke this. God said that I, I have been, I've been uh, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. You stand on the word and you get it off your boat, right? Some of you, you struggle with being worried. Some of us are real fearful, scary, <laughs> amen, stress out. And Jesus says, I rebuke that too. Your scare, your worry, your fearfulness, I rebuke that. Why? Because he hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So if it doesn't align with where God is trying to take you in your life, he rebukes it. Amen? So he rebukes it. So some of us, we're dealing with that. And so Jesus, he came out from the bottom of the boat, and he started rebuking the current situation. And I was looking at it, and I was thinking, Jesus was down here sleeping. Storm going on. Jesus down there sleeping. He ain't worrying about it. And then just like my son coming to my room, coming to our bed this morning and waking me up, he probably was like a little disgruntled. Jesus was like, oh, Lord, what are y'all waking me up for? 
I'm, I'm good. I'm sleeping. Amen. So I said, some of this may be a little anger, but he rebukes the disciples. Amen. And so here's the thing. When he rebuked the disciples, it was because of their lack of faith. So this rebuke, it was a spiritual rebuke because the disciples, they had no reason to be as fearful as they were. Think about what happened leading verses 1 through 17 in chapter 8. All he's doing is performing miracles. All he's doing is showing himself to be the son of God. That's all he was doing. And the second they get on a boat and encounter a little turbulence, right, a little choppiness in the water, they lose all faith and hope. So he rebuked that lack of faith, and that was a spiritual rebuke. But then he turned around and rebuked the winds and the waves. Amen. He rebuked the water. Here's the thing. The reason why he rebukes the water is because it was a disruption and an interference to the journey that they were going on. Think about, you're the boat. <laughs> My life is the boat. He rebuked, it's a disruption and it's an interference to where God is trying to take us. Amen. And we know that, that Jesus sits on the right hand of the Father. He's interceding for us. Amen. So I know he's praying for him, but I wanted, I, I'm glad to hear that he's rebuking some stuff too. God, thank you for praying for me. I need God to be in a position where he's rebuking. He has a sharp disapproval of that which is against me. Amen. Amen. So he rebukes the winds in the way. He says that he stood up and told the winds to be silent. I like how the message translation said it. It said he stood up and told the wind to be silent. And then those, the sea, it quieted down. To, and he said silence. And the sea became smooth as glass. That's what it became smooth as glass. Amen. So here's this. God gave me this. And, and, and I feel this is, this is something that us as the body of Christ need to, to grab hold of, especially in this time that we're in. God is against that which is against you. Whatever is against you, God is against that. God's hand of wrath is against this stuff that's against us as the believer. Amen. You sick, guess what? God is against that. Amen. If, if you're being persecuted, people on job bothering you, God is against it. You feeling like you done messed up too much. Amen. You feel like you're not able to pay your bills that every month you're in a deficiency. Guess what? God is against that. Amen. If you're lonely, you ain't got no peace. Suicidal thoughts, God is against it. Amen. Addicted to porn, addicted to drugs, addicted to alcohol. Guess what? God is against all of it. God comes against that in our lives. Amen. Depression, anxiety, fear of missing out. God is against it. Grab hold that God is against it, that you have a spirit, you have a heavenly father warring with the things warring with you. The things that are troubling you, the things that are coming up against you, God is against it. Amen? Why? Why? Because those things are against me, so now God is against it. Amen? And so because, because God is against it, and because my Savior is on my ship, I have a godly confidence that my latter days are going to be better than my former. I'm in a storm. I got stuff coming up against me. But I also know that the one that's on the ship with me is against what's going up against me. So eventually, he going to get up, amen, he going to step out on that deck, and he going to say, peace be still. And all of this stuff is going to, it ain't going to just calm down. It's going to be smooth. It's not going to even have a remnant of what was. Your storm is going to be smooth as glass. Amen. And because the reason why your secret weapon is at the bottom of the boat. You got to go down there and get to your secret weapon. It's at the bottom of the boat. Amen. You, you might not see him at first. And, and if, if I was a hooper, this would be a good hoop right here. You might not see him. Amen. You might have to, you might have to go down. Amen. You might, you, might have to get down on your, you might have to go down to get his attention. Amen. But once you go down there, he going to get up. And once you get his attention, 
he going to get out and do something. Amen. But he got to be on your boat in order for him to be accessible. And that's what I found interesting about this point right here, about this moment where they went to him at the bottom of the boat to get his attention because they were, they were worried, they were fearful. This right here, if you sum it up in one word, the reason why they were able to go to the bottom of the boat to get their savior because he was on a ship, relationship. They had a relationship with him. Somebody write this down. Having a relationship with God is how you handle the storms of your life. Having a relationship with God, that's how you handle the storms of your life. Amen. Amen. Matthew 23 and 25, and this is, I, I like this translation. It's, it's the easy read version. I want to read it again. So he got into the boat. This is 23 through 25. And his followers, they went with him. And after the boat left the shore, that bad storm came. The winds, the waves, they crashed. They covered the boat. Jesus was asleep. The, the followers, they went to him, woke him up, and said, Lord, save us. We are drowning. The disciples in that time of fear had direct access to God. In that moment, they had direct access to Jesus because they had a relationship with him. Amen? Which leads to this point. It's not what you know, it's who you know. It ain't what you know, it's who you know. Right? You can have all the degrees. If you don't, if you, if you don't know the HR manager, it don't matter. Right? It's not what you know, it's who you know. When the disciples were on that ship, they were men, like I said before, they were professional Fishermen, they should have experienced this before, right? They've been in choppy water. They've been out fishing, and there was a storm coming. But guess what, though? It wasn't what they knew that got them through. It was who they knew. Amen? If, if you like me, and, and I, I, I'll call it, I came up humble beginnings, but really, like, we were just poor. We were real poor, right? Well, single mother, five kids. And during that, in that process, we learned how to, how to make a dollar out of 15 cents, as they say. Right? I know how to make a dollar stretch when need be. I know that. But it wasn't until I, I learned and I began to know who can bring me to my wealthy place. Amen? I can stretch a dollar. I, I know how to stretch a dollar, but I didn't know the one that could bring me to a wealthy place. Amen? I, I, I know I've been through trauma. I've been through hurt. I've been through all these things that you encounter in life, storms. I know how to deal with it. I know how to bottle it up. Keep moving forward, deal with trauma, work with pain, keep walking with my limp. I knew all of that stuff, but it wasn't until I began to know the one that could heal me, the one that could bring me real peace. It wasn't about what I knew. It was about who I knew. Amen. So it's not so much about your, your intellect and your experience because God can just come in and just change this, wreck the whole situation. It's not about what you know. It's about who you know. That's the difference. You can get through. Amen. I can operate while I'm bleeding, but I'm bleeding on everybody. I need my physician to come in and suture it up. But if I don't know my physician, I don't have access to it. Amen? Amen. So let's do this. This is, this is what we want to do. And I'm out y'all way. It's three reasons I want to say why you need your Savior on your ship. Okay? Here's the thing. First reason. He has power over the unpredictable. He got power over the unpredictable. Nothing Nothing catches God off guard. You, the enemy, anything that this life can bring or throw at you, none of it is too much for God. Amen? Nothing is too much. And what I find funny is that so often we think what we're going through is unique. Right? 
although the Bible says it's nothing new under the sun, when we encounter something, we think it's new to God. But it's not new to God. Amen. I can remember my mama praying for us as kids, right? And I can look back and I can see how God's hand was working even in the midst of that. Amen. Even when something unexpected came, God still made a way. So when now, as an adult, when something unexpected comes, I know that God's prepared and he has the power to supersede the, un the unpredictable. I seen him do it for mom. I seen him do it for granted. I know. So I need him on my ship because he has that power to overturn the unpredictable. Amen. Nothing's going to catch God off guard. You may be thinking, Lord, it happened again. Like I, I'm, from what, what, What's the saying we all say? If it ain't one thing, it's, it's another. For you, for God, he's saying, no, I'm here the whole way. You don't know what I'm doing in the process of this. Right? As long as if he on your ship, you can get through the storm. The disciples could have made it to the other side in the storm because he was on the ship. I always think about when I get on a plane and I fly somewhere, I walk through the aisle and I just kind of think to myself, y'all so lucky because I'm, I'm on the plane. Amen? I'm going to be praying this whole time. I'm going to be listening to sermons this whole time. God is on this, on this vessel, so y'all going to be all right. Amen. There are probably other ships on the Sea of Galilee experiencing that storm. But because the Savior was on my ship, they ships benefited from a smooth sea. Amen. So for you, people are going to benefit from the fact that your Savior is on your ship. It's going it's to be an overflow of God's glory on you that's going to benefit other people. The same way over here, God is on this ship over here. And I told you, breaking walls before y'all got, y'all benefiting from the God, from the Savior being on their ship, amen? So he can, uh, he can predict the unpredictable, amen? He has power over it. Second thing, he can course correct your heart. He can course correct your heart. In the text, Jesus didn't just rebuke the storm. Like I said, he rebuked the disciples. He showed a displeasure. He showed a disapproval, a criticism of their lack of faith. That's a rebuke. And disciples had no reason, as I said, to, to show any signs of, of lack of faith because of what they've been through, what they've experienced. How I many of us like that? We ain't got no reason. The, the, the same little rain cloud, ain't even a storm, we, we think that God don't forgot about us. And God said, I rebuke that lack of faith. Why? Because that's not in alignment with where he's trying to take us. Amen? We are people of faith. So he rebuked them so much so that Jesus had to call them out on their lack of faith. And we often find ourselves doing that. We find ourselves carrying ourselves out of character and acting weak in places where God has told us to be strong. There are areas God has told you to be strong. There are areas where God has equipped you. And you, you shouldn't have a, a weak prayer life as God has called you to be an intercessor. Right? You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be timid spoken or spoken if God has called you to be a preacher or a minister or, or a mouthpiece for him. Right? You, you shouldn't be late all the time if God's called you to be the, like a, a musician for him. Amen? Like whatever he's called you to be strong in and you being weak and he rebukes it. So guess what he does? He course corrects it. Amen? Hebrews 12 and 6 says this. This is one of the first verses I remember remembering and uh, memorizing when I first got saved. And it says this, Hebrews 12 and 6, that he, he being God, he chastens those that he loves. Amen. He changed what's chasing me. He disciplines. He corrects those that he loves. So if you're in the middle of a storm 
and you still feel a chastening, it's for a good reason. God is trying to get some stuff out of you. He's trying to align some stuff so that when you get from your place of healing to your place of deliverance, you're leaving all that stuff on the sea, amen? You're not carrying over stuff that's going to keep you from being able to move forward. Amen? Amen. And then our last point. He ensures that you get to the place that you need to be. I'm going to sit with that. He, he ensures that you get to the place that you need to be. 